Thanks for listening today to Healthy Choices XN. I'm your host, Ray Solano, pharmacist and clinical nutritionist. I want to talk to you more about our allergy immune boost formula that we developed for this spring allergy season. We're expecting pollen levels to soar around the country. As Healthy Choices XM have put together a remarkable seasonal immune boost kit. It stops the body's ability to make all this histamine. Check out our website, HealthyChoicesXM.com for seasonal immune boost. Welcome to Healthy Choices with your host, Ray Solano from Austin, Texas. We're ready for your calls right now. Call in toll-free at 877-956-9566. Now, here's your host, Ray Solano. Well, hello there, and welcome to Healthy Choices XM as we're broadcasting live from Salem Radio Studios here in Irving, Texas, on this uh, October afternoon. I'm your host, Ray Solano, pharmacist, board-certified clinical nutritionist, and owner of PD Labs. This is a nationally licensed specialty pharmacy for custom or personalized medications. If you want to join us today, our phone number is 512-219-093. I'll give you the number of the studio here. It's 877-956-9566. That's 877-956-9566. If you want to join us today and you know, again, on this October afternoon, we always know that October is Breast Cancer Awareness Month. We can't ever, we're always reminded of that because all of a sudden pink shows up everywhere. Everybody's wearing pink something. And we did a, a television spot on CBS Austin. We did an interview and we talked about this. And, you know, I, I actually say that I had my pink tie on. It was it was great. So you can check that out on CBS Austin. Uh, you know, as we, unfortunately, all kidding aside, breast cancer awareness is brings us to the awareness that this is breast cancer is a very tragic disease, and it affects more women today than ever before. And it's important to realize that diagnosis is also very important, but it's not the same as prevention. And awareness is not prevention as well. They're two different things. So that's why we want to be able to dedicate our show today to have an open discussion about some of those risk factors to give the other, I guess I'd say the missing piece. So pink ribbons and pink football shoes are great for, you know, awareness, but what are the keys for prevention? And we're going to go through those uh, today. And we have a very distinguished guest that's is joining us. He's a Dr. Anthony Capasso is no stranger to our, our radio show. He's the founder of Thin MD Spot at Jacksonville, Florida, and he's a nationally recognized integrative medicine physician. And he speaks uh, nationally, and he's very, his clientele and his patients, he has such a tremendous five star rating for, because he actually listens to his patients. That's why we're enjoying to have him on today. And as a, you know, Dr. Capazzo, welcome to Healthy Choices XM today. Well, I think we had a little technical difficulty. Uh, we may have lost, and he'll come back on in just a second. Dr. Capazzo, you're back on the Hello? air. Yeah, you're back on the uh-huh. air. The satellite came on uh, around, so we got you uh, back online here. So, uh, oh, great. Uh, again, we appreciate you being on our, our, our show today. And, and again, as I was 
as a distinguished integrative position, you know, you're used to uncovering the root causes of conditions. And it takes a special type of person to have the patience to really dial back or peel back the onion and understand what's causing this. And so I'm going to open up the platform for you. You know, what is your opinion of this, the breast cancer awareness, and also maybe get a little bit of understanding of some of those risk factors for women today? Sure. Um, I think anytime that there is an awareness um, to um, a disease that's, that's so common, I think that's great because it allows people to stop, you know, within their busy schedules and say, hey, you know, what, you know, what do I need to do to help prevent, um, you know, um, diseases like cancers, especially breast cancer, which is, um, you know, horrific and destructive um, for, for many people and families. So I think that I think, you know, having it is great. I think what I'd like to see is um, is them really focusing on educating um, us on what, you know, what things help to prevent cancers, what things that we can do right now um, that will help lower our risks for development. And then, you know, what are the contributing things? So people know, hey, I'm not going to do this because if I do this, you know, my risks are much, much higher. And I think that's that's important is people to understand what the risk factors are, and it may be you know sometimes we got to make it simple and for people to understand what those are. And I was you know I was going for my staff when we were getting ready for our television spot. We had a list of fifteen different items, and we were going through it. My staff says, "Ray, they're not going to no matter what it's no matter what you say." They're not going to listen to to it if it's if it's something that's hard. You know, the hard ones are change your diet, exercise. You know, you has to be very something very specific. And one of the things that we came up we saw is the high risk of vitamin D three levels of people with low vitamin D levels, which increases the risk number. So you know we. The numbers less than forty nanograms per mil. There's a, if your vitamin D levels are in that category, you're at a high risk. I mean, what do you? How do you feel Absolutely. about? Absolutely. You know, letting people instead of pink ribbons, I said, what, what we should say? What is your vitamin D levels? And how many people? Right. Well, have, how many people know that? Right. Right. Exactly. And and um, you know the, the the studies show that, and and they show that the potential for utilizing. Um, oral vitamin D as a preventative, um, you know, that's probably where vitamin D kind of comes in and got a lot of good, you know, good support for vitamin D. But I agree with you 100%. You know, I bet if you asked, um, you know, most women um, about prevention and vitamin D of breast cancer, you know, none of them have heard of it. And that's what this, you know, that's what this should be about is what can I do to help, um, you know, uh, improve my risk um, so I don't develop breast cancer. So, and, and just as a caveat, you know, breast cancer is a very complex disease. There are a lot of things that contribute to it. Um, you know, everything from your age to, you know, is there a family history? Um, is there genetics? Um, and one of the things that I would love to see is really um, talking about environmental toxicities. Um, and how that is associated with um, breast cancer, because we don't really talk about that. You know, because the majority of breast cancers that we see are not 
from strong family histories. Right. Um, you know, you don't have, you know, it's not, you know, because you've got a, a, a positive, you know, BRCA gene, um, you know, it's, and so the question is, is why, you know, what, what is going on? And so as you start to, to kind of, like you said, peel back and, and look at the risk, what, what they're saying is, is that most of the risks are occurring in young women. And it has to do with, um, you know, if you lived in an area um, where you had higher levels of lead, mercury, or the heavy metal cadmium in the air, so air pollution, you know, your chance of developing breast cancer as you got older was much, much higher. Um, so are we screening our airs? You know, um, you know, you know, what are the things that we're doing right now? Um, and then the other thing which was interesting was that I read had to do with um, burning wood or natural gas indoors at least once a week was associated with a moderate higher risk for breast cancer. Gas indoors? Um, I mean, uh, gas stoves? Um, yeah, I, you know, it's a, you know, this was um, this was a study. Of, yeah, get, you know, any type of natural gas indoors. So, hmm. um, you know, so we're, we're talking about those chemicals, right? Right. Um, and then, you know, if if you had diabetes um, during two or more pregnancies, there was a higher risk for breast cancer. Um, so, you know, that well, you know, if if you had that, then you definitely want to make sure that you're doing your monthly breast exams and and getting your annual mammograms or some type of diagnostic test um, on, you know, on a regular basis. Um, so it can pick, be, be picked up much, much earlier. Um, you know, those are things that, you know, we don't hear, but that's what, to me, that's what this should be about. You know, um, in addition, they said uh, in, in one of the articles that I was reading that women who exercise or played sports more than seven hours a week during the ages of five to 19, so at a young age, at a lower risk of breast cancer as an adult. Wow. So, you know, that, you know, so we should be focusing on, you know, gym classes in our schools for, for all of our kids, because we know the benefits of exercise, um, you know, not just from reducing cancers, um, you know, from that. And then one of, one of my favorite top, topics is, you know, sleep, because I see so much sleep disruption. And if you're not sleeping well, um, more than four nights per week, you had an increased risk for breast cancer. So just sleep. So, you know, you know, there's some things that you can easily do right now at home. Everything from making sure that you're shutting off all your electronics. They shouldn't be in the room that you sleep. Your room should be dark. Go to bed at the same time. Wake up at the same time. Um, you know, get into that, you know, the, that good sleep habit. Um, your body will benefit, you know, benefit um, in more than just, you know, reduction of cancers. Um, mental focus, energy, metabolism, um, weight, all the things that we want, to, you know, to feel, you know, energetic and healthy as we age. Well, it makes it simple. I mean, I think we, we talked about uh, knowing what your vitamin D3 levels are, also some, some, some exercise routines that are important, some of the risk factors, like you said, for in, indoor uh, pollution. You know, one of the things that uh, I went to a lecture with, uh, David, Dr. David Perlmutter, uh, many years ago, and he, he sat with a, it was a very large group of uh, uh, clinical pharmacists, and he mentioned a topic that it seemed to, uh, this is 10 years ago, he mentioned that the high levels of estrogens in women and also mm-hmm. the excessive long-term use of birth control pills it was there wasn't it hasn't been any long term studies of those effects and it was never really made to 
that the women were taken from longer than five years. That's what, you know, we're going back, you know, to the initial time when it was, it was a given approval by the FDA as, as drugs, as safety. You know, that's something that uh, is probably considered controversial, but how do you feel in your opinion of giving high doses or, you know, super physiological low levels of estrogen over a long period of time? Well, I mean, I don't, I wouldn't do that. <laughs> I mean, that's, yeah, that's just, but, but everybody yeah, does, you know, you think about it. I mean, as a, as a pharmacist, yeah. we, would, we would dispense uh, birth control pills from 13 year old and they'll be on it until, you know, for another 20 years. Right. Right. I mean, and we know, and, and so talking about hormones and hormone replacements, you know, I, I think that understanding, um, you know, why does breast cancer occur? Um, you, know, you have to kind of have a good understanding that inside the cells, the cell's health isn't good. And, you know, we've, I, I've talked a lot in the past about mitochondrial dysfunction and how the cell's health, basically the mitochondria in the cell really play a major role with energy production. Um, and we know that cancers and breast cancer being one of those is associated with mitochondrial dysfunction. And so understanding that, that, you know, that the health of ourselves is the most important thing. So how do we keep it healthy? Um, and what we're talking about are, you know, the chemicals and the chemicals that look like estrogens and, you know, the term xenoestrogen, which is um, uh, basically the term that, that we, we get all of these um, chemicals um, exposures that, that mimic estrogen, but they don't get um, broken down. They, mm-hmm. they kind of live in our fat cells. Right. And, and, you know, I, I never realized how much of this was in our environment. And still, I, and, 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 you know, and still, I started to read about these, you know, all the health products that we cover our bodies with, right. you know, the plastic, wa- the plastic water bottles, mm-hmm. um, the plastic containers that we use on a daily basis and how all of these, you know, these xenoestrogens or these you know, what we call end- endocrine disruptors affect our bodies. Um, and, and so because we don't break them down, they, you get this toxic buildup and, and again, it increases cancers, breast cancer being one of the major ones. And, you know, I think about all the plastics um, and, you know, the BPA and the phthalates that we get exposed to. I mean, everyone has a plastic water bottle, um, plastic forks, plastic straws, plastic cups um, that we get exposed to. And, you know, we, we have to change that because there's no reason for us to, you know, increase that exposure. Um, and then the pesticides, you know, um, DDT, um, you know, there's an estimate of between hey, go back and on DDT, you know, people don't realize DDT, even though it's outlawed in this country, it is not right. outlawed in other countries. And most of the fruits and vegetables are brought in from other countries. And, yeah. and, and so this is, you just never know what that has been exposed to, right? Right. I mean, 50 to 95% of the food we ingest um, probably has pesticides on it. Right. Um, you know, so, and then the skincare, the parabens that are in a lot of the skincare um, that, you know, we're kind of lathering up on our bodies, you know, can affect it. Um, so there, there's so much, the industrial, I mean, the amount of industrial chemicals that get dumped in, I mean, there's over 70,000 chemicals 
that are in our environment that, that are being dumped in on a regular basis. And it, and so, that, and it starts out with young children, right? Oh, I mean, and, and that's, so the, the key is, is that early exposure, right. you know, um, the early exposure to the kids and then over time, um, and again, damaging the cell's health, you know, um, that mitochondrial damage, um, which occurs. So, I mean, it's every, you know, it's fluorinated chemicals, um, you know, fluorine's a really strong um, cellular disruptor, as you know. I mean, we use it in some of our real strong antibiotics. That's right. Um, so, you know, I... It, but we also put it in toothpaste, though. That's okay. That's right. Can't we? We can put it in toothpaste, and we're fine. That's that's fine. And yeah, just don't just don't swallow. Don't it. don't swallow. <laughs> right, right, exactly. But you're absolutely right. So it's the early, you know, the early um, and continual kind of exposure to it that really, really, I think, is why we're seeing such an uptick in in breast cancer. You know. And so the, the big question is how, you know, how do you reduce your risk for breast cancer? You know, what, what do we know? We do know that lifestyle changes, and you kind of mentioned this earlier, can decrease, um, you know, um, your risk. Vitamin D being one of those, those things that you can do. Um, diet is, you know, one of the things that I always talk about with my patients because it really plays a, a major role with how our bodies work. And we know that if you're on a, a good diet and, and the best diets for cancers, especially, you know, things like breast cancer are going to be, you know, eating more vegetables, um, eating more fiber. Um, one of the things that fiber does in the diet is it helps you eliminate some of the, you know, some of the estrogens out of the system. So they're, they're not sitting around, um, converting into the bad estrogens, so what, to speak. What's your best source um, of fiber? I mean, we have to for people that are listening to our show, you know, Healthy Choices XM. They always say, "Give me something simple." So, what what do you think your best source of fiber that uh, would have? I mean, is it something off the shelf, or is it something they can add as as well? So, um, for me specifically. Um, and, may, and a lot of people may not like it. It's broccoli. Okay. Um, and, I'll t- and I'll tell you why. So broccoli is a great source of fiber, but it contains this really um, um, cool nutrient called diendylmethane or DIM. Mm-hmm. And what, what DIM does, it helps you get rid of the bad estrogens. Um, and it helps you convert that bad estrogen and, and eliminate it out of your system. So, you know, if I'd say what would the ideal um, you know, breast cancer fiber be in my mind, it would be broccoli. So vegetable, fi- that- vegetable fibers is there saying vegetable, vegetable fibers and well, is something in the cruciferous vegetables, right? Well, I mean, I, I, again, just because of that particular nutrient, but I think that, that, um, um, you know, if you're, if your bowels are, are regular and you're able to eliminate toxins, including, you know, the environmental toxins that we just spoke about, your risks are going to be less because you're, you're not exposing those high toxic levels to your cells and that mitochondria um, for long periods of time. So I think just having a regular, making sure that your GI tract is working on a regular basis with fiber is a good thing. That's good. And chia seeds, I like chia seeds. They're easy. Yeah, so, they're easy to, to digest and they're easy to use. So they're, they're uh, uh, inexpensive too. Right. Add, right. add those to, to the diet. So we talked about fiber. We talked about vitamin D three levels. We what about and sugar? I think it, it, I don't think people understand 
one, that there's fructose, and I think this is okay. There seems like there's a lot of excuses that this amount of sugar is okay. So maybe you can clear up and explain to our, our listeners. Let's have a let's I mean, have a plain talk about sugar. I mean, I, I think the issue with sugar is is that we see that sugar can can feed tumors, and there's a lot of data that would suggest that um, diet that are more ketogenic or more fat based. And we're talking healthy. I mean, I would say specifically healthy fats. Um, Avocado. Yeah. So. So, you know, the best, the best fats, you right. know, like if I'm going to say, which fats do you want to eat? It's going to be olive oil. It's going to be avocados. It's going to be seeds. It's going to be nuts. Right. Cold water fish, such as salmon, herring, um, you know, they, they, yeah, exactly. Right. I mean, they're loaded with omega threes, you know, and, and those may all, may all help to, uh, to lower the risk. Um, you know, I would avoid processed foods for sure. Um, and, and, the, and, and the bad fats like trans fats, that's margarine. Um, you know, we know those are bad. If if you, which is in all, up, which is in all the yeah. cookies and all the Oreos right. and all the man-made foods, because it's stable, it can last forever, right? That uh, that uh, that Twinkie that can sit around for what two hundred <laughs> years, I think. George, if we found <laughs> yeah, uh, George Washington with Twinkies, he probably we, we from Valley Forge, we'd probably find it, right? Right. But the other thing is overcooking your meats. You know, when, when you um, when you eat uh, red meat um, and you you heat that fat up, it actually turns into trans fats. So you know that's that's very very bad. You know for um, for for risks. You know from that. But you know so I, I think you know diet to me um, if if we if you get your diet right, eating more of a Mediterranean diet, um, it's shown about a 15% reduction or, you know, as a prevention in, in breast cancer, just by eating, again, more vegetables, less animal products, healthy fats, like we talked about, keeping your sugars low. Um, well, we have know, to, let's, and, talk, let's talk about sugars low. Some people think yeah. that keeping sugars low, that means I can have a liter of regular Coke a day. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know. Um, I prefer I prefer eating um, my yeah. So sugar is a carbohydrate, and um, and and we kind of classify carbohydrates as simple or complex based on how they get released in the body. And we know that our bodies um, like the, the slower release carbohydrates or the complex carbohydrates better. And we also know as we age, our our body's ability to metabolize or break down these carbohydrates mm. can slow. And so when you're younger, you know you can eat a lot of of carbohydrates and starches and, 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 and sugars, and you don't have a problem as we get older and we're less active, you have to kind of monitor that. And so, you know, the, the, that kind of macronutrient um, blend for, from person to person will differ based on a whole slew of things, metabolism, activities, um, and hormone balance for sure. Well, let's, so, you know, um, go ahead. Okay. Yeah. I, we got, uh, Sean's giving me uh, the peace sign. No, he's giving me two minutes. Okay. Uh, so we, we're talking about the vitamin D3 and getting your levels checked. Would it be too difficult to say get the people to get their uh, their blood sugar levels checked or their hemoglobin A1C? Something is a marker to get, see if yeah. you have a sugar uh, problem, right? A hundred percent. So let's talk about that. So one of the markers that we use to monitor our diabetic patients is called a hemoglobin A1C. And this is a marker that every patient, you should know your A1C. And so what it is, is 
Hemoglobin um, is a molecule that carries oxygen in your blood, so it's floating around your system. And think of the A1C as the amount of sugar that's attached to it. And what we know is, is that the more sugar that's attached to it, the higher that A1C is, the more that protein changes and the more pro-inflammatory it gets. Right. And one of the things that we know about chronic diseases is that they're linked to chronic inflammation. So what we see with hemoglobin A1Cs is that level goes up, your risk for heart attacks, for strokes, for cancers, and for dementia all go up. So it is a great marker for kind of metabolic disruption in, in your body. I kind of, what I, how I explain it to my patients is it's your marker, marker of internal caramelization. It's go. like how, how sugarized how your internal, right. your internal organs, you know? Um, and, but no, it's, that's a great, great marker because if that's elevated, you're absolutely right. And it's found you know? on most blood tests and it makes it easy. It's something that people can, you know, we won't be aware of. I think this is, you know, aware of your numbers. You know, Dr. Capazzo, we're going to take a short break and we're going to come back and talking about breast cancer awareness and breast cancer prevention on Healthy Choices XM. We'll be back in just a moment after a break. Hello, I'm Ray Solano, clinical pharmacist, nutritionist, and owner of PD Lab Specialty Pharmacy. Ever think your legs and feet may have dandruff? The dandruff-looking substance appears when a person removes socks or undergarments, unleashing an embarrassing cloud of tiny white or gray dry skin flakes, says Susie Sloan, owner of Skin Lasting, a super hydrating spray for dry skin. Sometimes an embarrassment over dry skin even compels people to wear long pants instead of shorts in the summer's hottest weather because they don't want to display flaky legs out in public. It's really sad. This makes many people uncomfortable by dry skin when there's a simple solution. Sloan points out that most oil and petroleum-based emollients sold as skin conditioners and moisturizers only glue down dry skin flakes, which should be exfoliated. Hydration of the skin requires water, not petroleum or oils. This product is made of purified water, natural vegetable glycerin, and a variety of other hydrating agents. Skin Lasting also contains a sloughing agent that removes dead skin without irritation. This water-based spray, Skin Lasting, was developed by the dermatologist along with pharmacist at PD Labs. It has been refined over the last years to its present all-natural, hypoallergenic, fragrance-free state. Among the most important features of the product is the ease of application. It is sprayed on, which means it can be easily applied to difficult-to-reach areas like the back, and it is perfectly safe for diabetics. For more information about Skin Lasting, visit pdlabsrx.com or skinlasting.com. Call our pharmacy today at 512-219-0724 and mention this ad, and Susie has agreed to offer a free bottle with each purchase. Try this today, and you'll be impressed. Listen to my weekly podcast on Healthy Choices XM, listed on iTunes, and our website, pdlabsrx.com, for more health tips. Call us today at 512-219-0724. And remember, you have a choice in health care. Let's talk about your healthy choices. We have room for you right now, toll-free at 877-956-9566. Well, welcome back to Healthy Choices XM as we're broadcasting live from the Salem Radio Studios here in Irving, Texas. And Sean, thanks for coming in there on, on, on a Saturday as we put together a show. I think it's really important 
uh, talking about breast cancer awareness. I'm your host, Ray Solano, pharmacist and clinical nutritionist and owner of PD Labs, who's sponsoring our show today. Check out the website, pdlabsrx.com. You've got more information about this show or any of the the uh, theory or any of the protocols or products talked about today. Call us at 512-219-0724. You can always check us out on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram as well. But check out our website, pdlabsrx.com. As, as we're continuing our conversation with Dr. Anthony Capazzo, is he's talking about some of his clinical pearls that he tells his patients on how to reduce your risk of breast cancer. It's not as much breast cancer awareness, but maybe more specifically breast cancer prevention. Well, doctor, welcome back to our show. And, you know, at the first half, we were, we were just going through the importance of sugar and understanding hemoglobin A1C as a, blood sugar test that you can find very readily available, very inexpensive on the blood test that is is important. And we also talked about vitamin D3 levels, knowing your vitamin D3 levels. It's a, it's a good marker that uh, takes your risk. But tell us what other, you know, what else do you tell your patients uh, that to be aware of? So, you know, one of the things that a lot of patients don't want to hear is that alcohol isn't healthy for your risk for breast cancer. Um, and they've, they've shown that um, alcohol can increase estrogen levels and damage DNA. And there was a study that, that showed that women who drank around three alcoholic beverages per week increased their risk for developing breast cancer by 15%. That's and significant. It, yes, yes, it is. And, and, and then they said that in this particular study that that risk goes up by 10% with each additional drink per day. So, um, unfortunately, a little bit of alcohol may be okay, but if you start to go above and beyond, um, that may not be a good thing, especially if you're trying to to uh, to lower your risk for breast cancer. You know, it's it's unfortunate. You know, we say these risk factors on for alcohol, for cigarettes, for women that are pregnant, but I think that's also should be part of the breast cancer awareness campaign. Is is conspicuous consumption of alcohol for females in a high risk group is not a good idea. So I think that's, uh, that's what you tell your patients. I think this is what we should also uh, get the word out that high levels of alcohol consumption over above is, is especially bad for people with these high risk factors. Yeah. I I mean, in a study, it was only three drinks per week. That's not a lot. No. No, I've seen some people, it's three drinks within an hour. Uh, (laughs) You know, we all have fun and laugh about it. But unfortunately, you know, this is a culture that, you know, for family members and that we have to explain to the moms have to tell their, 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 the young, the young women as they're going away to college. And this is, you know, we got a lot of football games going on this weekend and, you know, we got the, Sugar Bowl, I guess I call it the Super Bowl of Sugar, which is coming up <laughs> at the end of this month, which is Halloween. But you know Halloween, what? Uh, right. We have adults participating in the Super Bowl of Sugar more than the kids. <laughs> and, 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 you know, it starts, you know, they want to move the Halloween from the middle of the week to the weekend. And it's really before the kids, but I think what they really want is the adults want it because so that they can have a blast for the weekend. 
So, you know, I think we just need to modulate that back a little bit and realize that, you know, this is, this is serious business. So. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, So, you know, the other thing that I think is so important um, is, you know, making sure patients know that um, exercise can help lower their risk for breast cancer. So, um, so, you know, I, I know that that's a, again, you mentioned earlier doing hard things. Um, but you know, if walking, if, you could just walk, walking. we, don't have to, we yeah. won't use the word exercise. Right. We'll just say walking. <laughs> okay. Walk, Increasing your activity. It, go but to the it, mailbox be, four times a day. How's that? Right. Right. Well, it, <laughs> even if you don't have any four. mail, just go to the mailbox four times a day. <laughs> I think it, 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 as long as it averages out to about four hours per week, yes. then you're probably going to hit. You're going to probably hit that goal. So, um, but in, in addition to exercise, it's maintaining healthy body weight. Um, so, you know, I think that it, when your body's in a, in a healthier weight, um, we know that metabolism is better, mitochondrial function is better, and we know that patients that are overweight and obese have much higher risk for cancers. Um, and it's probably because of the chronic inflammation that the the fat cells and and the metabolic disturbances are are causing in the body and fat cells produce estrogens right yep they sure do in fact they produce the wrong estrogen estrone which is e1 and um and that's the one that we don't want so um, because that's the one that converts down that that bad pathway um so and, and then there's a there's a lot of nutrients that i think um can help improve the cell's health. Things like green tea, which is an incredible antioxidant. Um, it can help strengthen the immune system and, um, you know, reduce the risk for breast cancer. Um, turmeric, um, curcumin, um, you know, the, the active component, very strong anti-inflammatory um, property, um, which, you know, may also benefit um, inflammation and, and reduce um, breast cancer. So, um, I think there's a lot of nutrients and, you know, anything that supports the cell's health, any really good antioxidants, resveratrol, um, uh, you know, that we get from blueberries and uh, grapes, another really, really great antioxidant that helps keep those, you know, those cells working, the mitochondria functioning at a high level. You know, we learned something today. I was at a mitochondria, advanced mitochondria uh, symposium. And Dr. Andy Heyman was one of the key, key keynote speakers, but they talked about all the different types of teas. And again, it's the second, the most popular beverage in the world. And I didn't realize that many of the teas you do not steep or use for boiling water. It's actually lower temperatures. It's almost 10, 15 degrees less, and especially green tea is not supposed to be used with uh, with boiling water, it makes it a little bit bitter. You know, that's uh, so. If people say they don't like green tea, then it's probably the water is too high oxide. Sean, you're 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 an expert in tea, or you you you've been to the Philippines a lot, so you know that uh, tea is very popular there. Is that right? Oh yeah, oh yeah. They have everything from like bubble tea, and they yeah. It it's a tea capital. Tea capital. Tea capital. They take tea to tea to a whole different level for sure. So uh, so tea is it's important, and they and also they talked about they talked about make sure you brew your own as opposed to having it 
uh, package so that it has some of the beneficial properties. So I guess we're, what we're saying is explore the possibilities of uh, trying out tea. Uh, does that sound like a reasonable expectation, Dr. Capazzo? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, the, the colorful fruits and vegetables, um, there's, um, there's a nutrient called beta carotene, which is one of the precursors to vitamin A, but it's found in carrots. And, um, and that may also help lower your risk for breast cancer. So, wow. um, yeah. So, I mean, you know, and, and we, you know, we were talking about kind of the, the, the more vegetarian based diets. You know, we know that dark green leafy vegetables, things like kale and broccoli, fruits, berries, peaches, beans, fish, um, you know, those are all really, really good foods that should be in your diet that may help, um, you know, prevent breast cancers. Um, staying away from really the animal products. If you're going to eat red meat, I would suggest, a, you know, a grass-fed beef where the, where the cow is eating grass. That you know the fat in that cow now is a higher omega three fat, and we know that that's the fat that we want in our bodies, the omega threes. Um, and we get omega threes from walnuts, from chia seeds, like you mentioned, um, and uh, and from fish, of course, um, and flax, another another good source of of uh, omega threes. Those are all great fats, and we know that those particular fats and why they're so good is they convert into our body's natural anti-inflammatories. So our fish oils convert into things called marsins and resolvents that help lower inflammation. So if our goal is to keep our body's inflammation low, you eat the foods that keep it low. Um, and, and that's kind of the thought process that I have, and, and that's what I talk to my patients about. You know, but prior to 1950, nobody ever tasted corn-fed beef. All the beef was grass-fed, and so it was a new phenomena to have grass-fed beef. It was very, it was fattier, it was tender, but there was such a surplus of corn at that time. So this is they switched it over to from corn, uh, from uh, grass to corn. And so it was, and it sits a corn is an inflammatory grain. It inflamed the cows, and they gained tremendous amount of weight. And they were many times, in, in, you know, were a higher level of disease. But it not only makes people fat, it makes the animals fat. So it's just people, when they say grass-fed beef, you know, they think that's kind of strange. But that's the way it's supposed to it should, be. It should be. It's supposed <laughs> to be, right? Right. I agree with you 100%. <laughs> So, so yeah. So we were talking about you know having the good fats and going the the. It's important for those those nutrients, omega threes and the fishes. Uh, what else in these these key nutrients that you're going through? Uh, these are important. Uh, is it's difficult to find these by themselves? How do how do you actually person that's listening to our show going? Okay, fine. How do I go and find this? Well, vitamin D typically, you know, we get we do get natural sources of vitamin D from the sun. The problem is that you have to get your skin beefy red for about 15 to 20 minutes. And most of us aren't going to go out and, and kind of burn in the sun to get our vitamin D. And when you, when you start looking, I've been um, evaluating vitamin D levels in my patients for the last 25 years. And it's amazing. I live in Florida. 
that over 90% of my patients are not at an optimal level, and some are extremely low. So um, you just can't rely on the sun for vitamin D. I think you just get it checked. And, um, you know, what is an optimal level of vitamin D? Um, and, you know, what are the levels where they should be? You know, so most will say that, you know, total vitamin D levels should be between 40 and 100. Most of the clinical data and studies, you want to be in that, you know, 55 to 65 range um, to be considered optimal. Um, and I use vitamin D since it's a hormone and it regulates a lot of different diseases and cancers specifically. Um, I want to make sure that those levels are in a good range because um, if the immune system is off, your body can't, you know, fight. So to me, that's, that should be part of a, a basic evaluation when you go see your, your physician for your annual, what's my vitamin D level, do I need to take anything? And there are different types of vitamin D. Vitamin D3 specifically is what I um, suggest. It's a, a more potent version. And I usually suggest vitamin K2 in addition to the vitamin D. And the reason being is that vitamin K2 helps to kind of guide the calcium out of the heart arteries and valves and into the bones. Um, you know, there was a, I remember when I first got out of the training um, over 25 years ago, you know, it was extremely common for postmenopausal women to be put on calcium um, because, um, you know, it helped their, lower their risk for, um, or it was supposed to help improve, you know, osteoporosis because we know the first five years of menopause is where women lose the most of their, you know, their, their, the, the most amount of bone mass. But what, what they found was is that all these postmenopausal women who are taking calcium supplements increase the risk for heart disease. So, you know, I'm very cautious about calcium in, in, in my patients. I don't think that we really need to, to use calcium um, in, in that population because we know that's not a good thing. And if we are going to increase vitamin D, which naturally increases calcium absorption, we need to tell the body what to do with it. So vitamin K2 with the, with the um, vitamin D3 um, is kind of what I usually suggest. Um, and then it's really hard in our diet to get the nutrients, these antioxidants at the level mm -hmm. that these, cl these clinical studies were in. So, you know, if you're going to take green tea, um, you know, the EGCG, which is that antioxidant, you know, 500 to 600 milligrams a day, you know, that would be like drinking 20 cups of, of green tea a day, which, I, I, you know, I like green tea, but I don't like it that much. Um, and uh, so you're going to have to find really good sources. And, and the, you know, I, I use, you know, pharmaceutical grade nutrients from manufacturers that that are very ethical, that are, you know, GMP certified, that, um, you know, I know that their products are good because those are the products that I take and that I've vetted um, from that. The same with um, curcumin. Um, and, you know, one of, the, one of the things that, as you know, in the past um, talks that we've had is I've formulated a mitochondrial supplement um, just to help with, you know, aging. Um, and aging cells and metabolism, because we know how important mitochondria is for your body. I mean, if you've got healthy functioning mitochondria, um, your bodies run better, you, you age less. Um, and so I, I put in a lot of these antioxidants because these antioxidants support mitochondrial function, um, you know, protect it, increase the body's ability to make more of it. Um, and that's the Mitoblast um, product that, you know, we've talked about on previous shows. And that, that's something uh, that you formulated. 
uh, it's inspired yeah. by your your practice that you've been doing for many many years that you put all this together in one formula for the quality of a pharmaceutical grade uh, uh, nutraceuticals so that people can take it all together in a capsule. And, you yeah. know, this is probably what we found from uh, patients that have rec- taken on your recommendation. They they come back with a surprise, go, what is in there? Because they find an energy boost yeah. and, and very quickly and they get used to it. And I think that's that's important when they when you when you have good health, it can be addictive and you feel better, right? hundred percent. I mean, one of the, the main reason I got into doing more functional natural medicine is I was, you know, I, I was overworking myself when I was um, in residency. I was moonlighting and, and working and I was just, you know, fatigued. I had gut issues, um, you know, um, and I started looking at what I could take naturally and I started looking at clinical studies. And what I did was I formulated um, nutrients that in clinical studies that improved mitochondria and, you know, improved my cells ability to work better. I didn't really want to, I really wasn't like, I didn't drink coffee. I didn't drink coffee during uh, medical school, during residency. Um, I didn't really drink tea. So I I really wasn't um, hooked on caffeine. So I was was looking for just natural ways for me to, you know, as, as an an athlete, I I didn't want to put something in my body that my body would just reject or crash out later on. And, it, I just had an, you know, I've been on it for 25 years. It's amazing how it's changed my health. And that's really why I went into more functional medicine because I realized, wow, you know, I'm not getting sick like I used to. I heal really, really quickly. Um, and I started kind of getting leaner. And, you know, I, this was like great. I like, I found the fountain of youth. I that's found right. my exercise in, a, exercise in a bottle, essentially. Um, and the one amazing thing is I've always been kind of a fast twitch athlete, you know, more, more quick sports sprinter, um, that my endurance improved, like the longer that I took it, you know, the more my endurance improved. And, um, and, you know, so it was, I was hooked. I mean, I was hooked. And I was like, man, I, I started sharing it with, with some of my friends and, and family. And then I decided that, you know what, I need to just, I need to make this because it really changed kind of my view of the way medicine should be, which is preventative. And what can I do to, maintain my body and, 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 um, and really energize my body. I mean, not maintain it, but, but energize it and, and slow that, that aging process down because we know that part of aging is when the mitochondria die off and, and, and affects the functioning of our organs. So anything I can do naturally to increase my cell's health, you know, that's really where I want to be. I want to, I want to lower my risk. I want my, my metabolism, my immune system be, to be working at top notch and I know that if I improve that cell's health through, you know, mitochondrial supplements, through exercise, through keeping sugars low, but a lot of the things that we talked about today, that all, that all um, helps our body make more mitochondria. And, um, and you know, we just, we just work better. We feel better. And, and we, you know, we, we talk about mitochondria and people was maybe listening and going, you know, they understand these are the powerhouses of our of our our cells that are everywhere in our body and our brain and all of our tissues, and it, it is it is the first line of defense, especially if we're having any insults, environmental insults, where uh, a poor diets, uh, being able to withstand any pharmaceuticals. 
this is this is the first thing that uh, we need to make to protect. So as we starting out in the show talking about breast cancer awareness, we're shifting over and say, well, the second part of that is prevention, and all the risk factors that we talked about in our in our show today. Uh, we were mentioning up and you know concluding here with the the health of the mitochondria and being able to take a an individual a, a particular supplement that has a lot of these antioxidants and all these, uh, I guess, little force fields to stop the barriers from that. So that that's the reason why we're we're talking about the the mitoblast. That's a, that's a start, um, uh, doctor. You know, one of the things that uh, our listeners go you, is where to find this the, the, these formulas. If you can maybe give out you know your contact information and your website for the mito mitoblast and uh, for for our listeners. Today. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, now the dog um, wants some mitoblast too. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> he probably could do it to the dog. Uh, that you know, this is a lot of the uh, supplements we have are good for animals too. So, <laughs> probably were studied in in, in dogs. Mito, mito um, yeah, pet. Mito, we'll call it mito pet. Mito pet, right? <laughs> um, so um, it's easy. So if um, if you're interested in learning more about mitoblast. Um, you can just go to the website, mitoblast.com, M-I-T-O-B-L-A-S-T.com, and it'll give you some information about, how, you know, how important the cells in the mitochondria are um, just for overall health. And um, if you're interested in contacting um, me at my office, uh, my office phone number is area code 904-694-0992, and, uh, and that's the, the phone number for Finn Centers MD. Or, um, and uh, thin thin MD Med Spa. So that's that's nine zero four six six nine four zero nine nine two. And if you're looking at uh, getting more information, make sure you can call us at PD Labs, and our website is pdlabsrx.com. And you can always call us at that number five one two two one nine zero seven two four, and we'll be able to connect you with uh, Dr. Capazzo. We also will be able to give you. Uh, set you up with the mitoblast and some of the other formulations that you were coming up with. Um, well, well, doctor, it, we give out, you gave out your website and you're, and again, you're accepting patients that are uh, looking for a professional integrative medicine physician that has been there and done that. You're, you're still accepting patients, right? Yes, absolutely. Uh, you know, it's so important or it's a rare species because it takes a lot of energy and training to be able to be able to get right to right to the diagnosis of or, or put it this way, put together a repair program for patients. Uh, and, and doctor, do you have, uh, you know, I understand that you're you've got uh, many speaking engagements coming up. Uh, is there anything that you have on the horizon? I know that we're going to have you back at our seminar in Austin in March next year, is there any other announcements that you'd like to uh, give our listeners today? Um, no, I'm, I'm working on um, really advancing um, my, my business model where we're going to have more treatment options, um, you know, for injuries, everything from um, spa treatments, uh, um, you know, salt to float tanks wow. to cryo. So, uh, really work we're really working on on that full picture so when you come in we can really start healing some some uh, 
some injury and getting the brain back in, in place. Well, great. Well, thanks again for being on our show today. It's a short notice. And, and if you have any other questions, you can call us at pdlabsrx.com and check out our Healthy Choices XM for on our Facebook page for all the products and all the information on our show today and our podcast, Healthy Choices XM. Doctor, we'll be back again with another show and uh, look forward to seeing you soon. Take care, Ray. Thank you. Thank you. If you're curved below the belt, you may not know what caused it, and you may not know what to do. A significant curve may be a medical condition called Peroni's disease, and there are thousands of other men out there who may also have it. Many may go undiagnosed. Talk to a urologist about Peroni's disease, and to learn more, visit learnaboutpd.com. 